0: Okay, people, let's get started. Hi, my name is Jack Skeels, and I've got some things that I want you to see. Welcome to The Art of Management, a podcast where I will help you see and understand the art of being an amazing manager. Me, I've been a researcher, professor, coach, award-winning entrepreneur, and over the last decade, I've had the privilege of coaching thousands of people just like you. Today's episode, The Natural Manager Tax. We're going to explore what it really means to manage from the perspective of Frankly, is managing a good thing? When I say that, I mean, like, is actually, if it's a good thing, isn't more managing better? Is that true? More managing is better? Is it like pizza, where maybe your favorite ingredient is pepperoni, that in general, more pepperoni is a better thing, right? Pretty much until there's no more room for pepperoni on the pizza. Or is management more like, say, anchovies, which... Even if you like them, even if you love anchovies, very quickly there have become too many anchovies on the pizza as I keep on adding them. Even a small quantity seems like a lot at times. So how much managing is too much? Because if if you don't know how much managing is too much, and it is too much, then what happens? So Let me give you a little background story on this. This is one of my favorite topics, by the way. I was at a conference in a East Central East Coast sort of uh, big city kind of thing. And we, um, about 150 people, mostly agency leadership, sitting around a beautiful ballroom, just had our, our rubber chicken luncheon and the like. And there was an executive speaking up on the stage you would know the agency name. It's sort of a household name, even if you're not in the agency business. And he told this story about how they conducted an experiment with about 20 people. They had outfitted a couple brownstone apartment units, sort of like WeWork habitats, if you will. And they, they isolated these people during the work day for two weeks. So for two weeks, they would show up there for work and they they were instructed to actually disconnect from email and all other communications. Don't answer calls or texts from the uh, from the office or anything like that. Only communicate with the other your coworkers in, inside of these brownstones. They of course had been briefed on all the stuff they had to work on, and and they were asked to do some innovative things and for their client, a large beverage company. Who, who also you would know the name of that company. Now, the executive probably reported two main things two main outcomes of this with at the end of the two weeks the team came and presented results to the client and to the rest of the agency and one of the things that was really cool is the work that they presented was actually really good very solid work and the way he described it in my head what i heard was wow they did that without adult supervision <laughs> cuz you can imagine that probably the most senior managers in that in that part of the organization, weren't in those brownstones because they would just wouldn't be able to communicate outside or anything, that this was a sort of isolated team of people who do stuff, right? And the second result he was even more amazed at, he, he actually was really sort of bragging about it. He said, they accomplished so much work. They did a year's worth of work, one year's worth of work in those two weeks. He was very proud Everyone clapped. They were taking pictures, all that kind of thing. And I sat there thinking, wow, that's really embarrassing to say, isn't it? (laughs) That's That's how my brain works, right? Why did I say that? Because what I heard him say is, well, the way we manage is so costly to quality and productivity. And the management style that pervades our office is so extreme, that we only get one twenty-sixth of the true productivity that we could from our teams. 126 twenty-sixth—that's two weeks divided by fifty-two weeks, right? It's hard to see how costly management can be to productivity, even when the numbers right in front of you. Now I know this sounds extreme, okay? and it is a bit because advertising and marketing agencies are an extreme type of knowledge worker organization, and. They can kind of get overstaffed and kind of crazy and overmanaged, etc. Any problem that happens there happens worse than it happens elsewhere. But it was a gift to me to see in such vivid contrast how costly managing can be. And it answered another question in my mind, which was, what does it really look like when we start managing way too much? Back after the break. Welcome back talking about the natural tax of managing. Now this idea that maybe I could manage too much or that management might be costly, it's not a new idea. In fact, it's a very old idea. But why do managers never speak of it? I can't think of a single time where I've heard anyone else say it, except in response to me bringing up the topic. Let's talk about the history of this real quickly. It's a fun story. It was an idea that came into prominence in 1937. 1937 is the heart of the Industrial Age. There was this young Ph.D. student at the Oxford School of Economics. His name was Ronald Coase. Ronald Coase. Back then, economics, especially industrial economics, looked like this sort of, it looked like factories and natural resource production and railways and all that kind of thing. But it really looked like at the end of the day, the bigger you get, the bigger you can become. It was this idea of economies of scale. And we still believe in this idea, by the way, that as we get bigger, we get more powerful. As your company grows larger, you become more efficient with resources, you become a better competitor, you've got better talent, experience, tools, resource, whatever, long list of advantages. But this this young PhD student PhD candidate, if you will, by the name of Ronald Coase said, I, I get that. I get that there's economies of scale and everything. But here's a question for you. Why isn't there just one company then? He says, because if it's true, then that I get, if I get bigger, I sort of get badder, if you will, right? Then why are there so many firms? Shouldn't there just be one firm that's one against everyone else because it has everything inside of it? In fact, he even pointed out, he went farther and he said, look, in virtually every industry, sure, there were one or two or maybe three very, very large firms. But if you looked past them, you'd see there were actually some merely large firms that were more than two or three merely large firms. And then if we go to just large or medium firms, there are a lot of medium firms. And if I go to small, the numbers keep on piling up and there are a lot of... most industries have a, lot, a huge amount, a zillion very, very small firms. And he said, How can it be that economies of scale work? I don't disagree that there are economies of scale, but what is it that causes it to not be true? And what does that say about managing? Well, Coase was a very smart guy. He eventually won, won a Nobel Prize for this. He went farther. He said the only reasonable explanation he actually went through a couple potential explanations but he said is that actually it gets harder and harder to coordinate the firm coordinate all the functions inside of the firm now coordination if you want to translate is is the job of managers okay the people who aren't managers are people who do produce things they're producers not producer you know in the pm sense but actually they, they actually are workers, makers, if you will. Coordination is the job of managers. And what he's saying really is that the ratio between managers and non-managers changes as the firm grows until it actually becomes a bigger cost than the gain of getting bigger. That there's an equilibrium point where if I get a little bit bigger, the cost of adding the managers I need to add actually outweighs the benefit of getting bigger. That makes sense? It's kind of really cool. Think about this for a sec. So, welcome back. So this is kind of a crazy idea, isn't it? That the number of managers grows at a faster rate than the number of people in the firm. In fact, there's sort of a geometric growth rate. And I can tell you what we see out in industry when we work with different companies looks something like this. I'm going to take this small company, a 15, 12, 15 person company. They maybe have one manager. If I go to a company that's say 30, 25 or 30 people, they have two or three or four managers, something like that. And say, I go to a 50-person company, they probably have 10 to 15 managers. Now that 50-person company is four times bigger than that 12-person company. 12-person company had one manager, the 50-person company has 10 to 15 managers. They have 10 to 15 times as many managers, and the numbers keep on going up the ratio gets more and more severe as companies grow in size. I visited an agency several years ago on the West Coast. They had 600 people in this outpost in a major city on the left coast. And they, I, said, I sat down with their leadership team and I said, hey, I told them the story, by the way. And then I said, but I'm sure you guys have solved that. It's a hard problem, but I'm sure you've solved it. Because if you hadn't, then it means you probably have like 150 or 200 managers for your 600 people. Dead silence. Really, totally dead silence. They looked down at the table. No one looked up. I said, wow. And they wouldn't tell me how many managers they actually had. It can get really bad. Now, it gets kind of crazy, the question. The coast asked behind the question, brilliant guy, Coase asked another question, which he said is, why is this happening? He did acknowledge, I think, that the that managers are a very costly resource, right? In other words, if we're going to add a person, kind of one of the more expensive types of people to add is a manager, right? So adding managers can be can be quite costly to a company. But he said something else really brilliant, which was this. He said, as I add managers to the company, the cost of managing goes up. Not the direct cost of managing, but the cost of having multiple managers makes each management activity a lot slower. Think about it, if I have one manager in the whole company, the manager just makes the decision and does it, right? But if I have five managers in the company, now these managers all need to talk to each other, around maybe every decision, but every decision gets made more slowly. and requires more coordination between the managers, which means the manager's decision-making cost goes up. It gets more costly to be a manager when there are other managers around. Kind of crazy. So what happens when you get too many managers? You reach this equilibrium point. We get very costly because the cost of managers generally isn't something that we get paid for. My question really is, why don't we see this? This is, according to this guy who won a Nobel Prize, this is in fact the main thing that shapes how organizations operate and limits their potential. Why don't people see this? Back in a sec. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. So why people don't see this going on, don't see the tremendous cost? I think I've probably manager-shamed hundreds of people by telling this story and then asking them what their ratio is. But I think it's related to another question, which is why did it take 54 years for Ronald Coase to actually win the Nobel Prize for this, right? And I can tell you yeah, I've worked with thousands of managers and spoken to many thousands more and I know with great confidence that that really none of us including me ever went into work thinking hmm how can I mess up productivity today right I think managers in general want to make their organizations better and you have to believe that that the act of you managing that day actually does that So let's wrap up today, this episode, by saying one thing I want you to see and understand is that that we're starting at a deficit, that we as managers, if you sent all of us home for a day, people would get a lot more work done, just like that executives team that he sent away for two weeks and they got a ton of work done. He was answering a question for us, something like, how productive could teams be if they were not managed? And in fact, the research supports this as well. Really, what we're saying is how productive would they be if they're removed from exposure to managers for a reasonable period? Managing is like anchovies on a pizza. And his example, even if we, you know, even if we assume, assume some exaggeration, like let's suppose he's multiplying by 10, just for dramatic effect, right? Suppose they only produced five weeks worth of work in two weeks. That's still a crazy number. That's like two and a half times more productive. That that means like 10 people are acting like 25 people in terms of productivity. That's a huge number. And I can tell you something. It's true. We've seen it in action. In the trainings that we do, if you've been through some of our trainings, you've seen some of that boost. Some agencies when they solved the big problem they had around this, saw amazing changes. It's absolutely a factor. Now, there are a lot of other factors as well, but this natural manager tax, the way managers seem to create additional managers as an organization grows, and the cost of managing goes up, it's very pervasive. But there are other taxes, which I refer to in the categories of the taxes of bad managing, just not managing well, and also the taxes of bad organization, not organizing well, they're far more, if you will, insidious and impactful, especially in this world of knowledge work that I'm referring to. So today, the most costly aspect of managers is not their pay, and it may not even be the number of them that are there, but it's the way that they interact with people who produce work and how that can reduce their productivity. And in this way, especially, less actual managing by the managers can be a good thing. Now, I like to finish these episodes with sort of a what I want you to see, what I want you to look at, because if you're not looking, you're not seeing, you're not understanding. Can you see evidence of this in your organization? Here's my first question. Can you see it happening in your organization? How essentially managerial activity and managerial decision-making speed gets less effective as the number of managers increases. Can you see it, for example, in how smoothly small projects run versus how chaotically and horribly very large, messy projects run that have lots of managers? Do you notice this, for example, in meetings? How effective are meetings? All the meeting research is really, really interesting. The meeting research says that Essentially, if I have a meeting that's a non-managerial meeting, people who go to it feel it's like a far more productive meeting. And if it's a managerial style, what we call a hierarchical meeting, if it's a hierarchical meeting, then everyone judges it as less effective, including the people in the hierarchy. It's very, very strange stuff. But do you notice that? Do you see that happen? Pay attention to it. You probably will see it. And do you notice how a lot of times managers, the last thing is, a lot of times managers actually create the need for more coordination on their own. Let's have another meeting. Let's coordinate on that. They actually define a bunch of more coordination activities. So there's some thinking to do. I need to close with a reminder you can find helpful notes, information, supporting links. Etc., on our cleverly named, very cleverly named website, The Art of Dot Management. That's The Art of Dot Management. No dot com on the end of it. And until then, until the next episode, and when we meet again, safe travels to you all.